0: I was finding ways to believe that I am worth more than what I'm capable of
1: doing. Welcome to Writing Our Way Out with Maeve and Kyle. This is officially, Maeve, uh, our first of, let's say, in a series of forever, this is our first, and we're just gonna do this forever. Am I right?
0: Forever, forever. Yes. yes. This is it my is... very first in a series of forever. Yeah, this is really nice. Yes. Welcome Here to the... my voice for the first time.
1: Bolin Kyle Belanger, and what has turned into a, a, a passion project for us that I think, um, well, by virtue of the fact that you're listening to us, has turned into something more than just what um, you and I share, Maeve, and I think that that for me. Um, before we get into the rundown on what we're going to do today, we're introducing people to us, uh, the project. and then and then really getting into it, starting talking about the writing that that accompanies these pieces. Um, and I think that that's sort of the meat and potatoes of of where we are, sharing writing to bring people together in a very specific way. And so uh, with that as a horrible introduction, um, i'm I'm wondering if you could sort of sh- share with me in. With everyone in a few minutes. Like, how did you end up here with me in this space?
0: I'm going all the way back. I'm going all the way back to 2015. I'm into it. When you and I uh, applied for and showed up at the most mediocre of work tasks. Mm -hmm. Mm So we, uh, Kyle and I met in Kansas City 2015, scoring student essays for an unnamed organization.
1: Very glamorous, though. We can assure you it's glamorous. Very
0: glamorous. Uh, Two people among about 1,500 people in a convention center somehow managed to get put next to each other.
1: Still sorry about that.
0: Well, I was really convinced that I was just there to score student essays, but we struck up some conversation and have been... Discussing ever since.
1: Yeah, yeah, your boy's a bit of a talker, and uh, and I was not about to let you get out. You were you were escaping, uh, placing you in the world. You were escaping to go home at the end of the day, and there many of us were staying on campus, um, and uh, I was determined to befriend you. And
0: I know because you were you were there to make friends, and and so I just happened to be right next to you. So so we kept rolling through two years of Kansas City, and now we meet up once a year to work together in Tampa. and But it was a few years in between because of COVID. We got canceled in our yearly trips for two years and kept up conversation, mostly in a group text, with a couple other friends who hopefully are listening today.
1: Both of them. They're, they're both of our listeners right now. Yes. yes.
0: <laughs> right. Yes, it's, it's great to see you. You we'd look like good. To,
1: we'd like to thank you both for joining us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're keeping the hope alive. So, uh, quite literally. So, so, after not seeing each other for two years, we had about three years worth of discussion to catch up on. And we were talking our way through what we had been through during the COVID years and not seeing each other face-to-face because those conversations would usually take place when we met up with each other. And in doing that, we realized we had some really strong connections between what the very different experiences that we had gone through during COVID, but that there were some strong common threads to work through. And we decided to come home and take those really big conversations that we were having and turn them into a writing project that we could continue to share well beyond our week in Tampa.
1: Yeah, I, I love I love that as a summary because it's so perfect. It, it although I will uh, take umbrage with this. I didn't choose to come home. I had to, they kicked me out. They did not. Yeah they made me come home uh, b- mainly because no one at my house could find the food. Um, and so they forced me home and I'm here now and everyone is eating again. Um, and we've gotten through the great food shortage of, <laughs> of when Kyle leaves. Um, geographically, uh, you are um, in the heartland and I am in the Northeast. And so I think a project like this, um, which focuses, and we'll talk about this in a moment, about grace coming through, the, the topic of grace, which is something that you have really, um, You've opened my eyes to in a way that uh, in 45 other years on the planet, no one's ever really been able to um, put their finger on grace for me and, uh, and, and show me exactly where it exists and what it is. And I've never really thought about isolating it. But I think what makes this work compelling for me is seeing, you mentioned those through lines, um, seeing just how, you know, um, as a born and raised Northeastern dude um and you a midwestern woman um with very we have such varied experiences and yet we have we share um we share an awful lot in terms of of the fundamentals of what it means to come through a global pandemic um learning more about ourselves through the topic and through the lens of grace um and that's been something with with our conversations together i mean i've Uh, people are going to learn by listening. I learn so much from you. I take so much from you. I sit at your feet with, with a pen and a paper whenever we talk. And I am just so proud to be your partner in this project. Um, And so, yeah, yeah. Grace is, grace is hard. Grace is hard when you grow up like, um, like you and I did without much else beside our um, our, our grace and, and the beauty that we can look at and see around us. And so this is a time in history when I think we need to turn and face it and give language to that.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about the tagline for this project. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. And it comes from, uh, so I'm going to ask you to, uh, to, to read a text that you, that, that you had sent that created the, the governing principles of what we're doing. Can you tell that story?
0: Yeah, so I'll do a shout out for the friend first. So this is my friend, Katie. What's up, Katie? Katie, yeah, lives in Webster Groves, Missouri and has been a friend since college. Somebody who I can really dig deep with at a moment's notice. And uh, Katie and I were messaging back and forth and I just let her know, hey, I'm doing this writing project and it's something that you can look forward to. So she asked if she could get more details and I hadn't really put um, a definition to what we're doing at all. Um, I knew that we were centering our writing around COVID. And so I said, this is just me and a friend writing our way out of the COVID years. And yeah, yeah, I love that too. I wrote it. So, you know, I especially love it, but she, (laughs) her response to that was always write your way out, which I do, you know, when I, that is writing is something that I go to as a way to deconstruct mm-hmm. and communicate back to people around me even in small moments even in those threads that you know maybe you post on Facebook or Twitter or things just to just to get an idea out and get people thinking through writing so but then I tagged on to it um, that we are writing our way out of the COVID years with as much love and grace as possible
1: yeah
0: and where we were started with that idea of grace and that as you were sharing your years with me, I wanted to push back with a little bit of encouragement of that being something I've always seen in you very clearly. And um, I I wanted to give that back to you as something to work with and work through. And it became a big piece of our writing and what we wanted to see within our narratives.
1: But it's interesting because I, we don't often think about I didn't often think about grace as something that could be given. Um, I, I, as, a, as a, Where I've been, I have thought of as grace more as a, a passive result of things. Um, and to think of it as something that is actively given and actively practiced was a new uh, principle for me, despite the fact, as you said, that you've seen it in me all along. Um, and so I wanna ask you the question, and I know this is something that we're gonna talk about maybe in a bigger way. Why, why did we decide to focus on, like what was it about the COVID years? Why focusing on the COVID years? Despite the fact that like the obvious answer is we just went through them. We're still going through them, that's why. But we are focusing all of our writing specifically on those years and, the, and, and, and sort of the fallout around them. What was it about those years that you thought really lent itself to this writing project?
0: I love that question because I, I knew that if we were going to fill a folder with writings that there needed to be some sort of common thread. Mm-hmm. But because we have that common thread, it's something that we end up sharing with anybody that wants to join in to listen or to read as well. Mm-hmm. And through the narratives that you and I are going to share, I'm hoping that people will pick up something whether this gets out a year from now or two years from now or gets to somebody two years from now, mm-hmm. that they'll be able to see something that they experienced as well and work their way through that in the same way that we wrote our way through that yeah. together.
1: Yeah, that togetherness is so is so big. I had never in my life um, done a writing project with someone. And the amount of, it's interesting, Like you, it's such a meta experience that I'm having doing this with you because I am... I'm learning so much about me while reading you and it's, it's been really powerful for me to be doing a collaborative writing piece for the first time in my life that is also so ferociously personal. Um, right. I didn't know that that was possible. I didn't know that it was possible to be doing something so intensely individually me that is also felt by you. And, you know, it's, that's been one of my, one one of the great experiences early on as you and I sort of grind through these, um, these early chapters. And so, I don't know, I guess I just want to say thank you for that. It's you. it takes a lot of trust to share the stuff that we're sharing for sure.
0: Yeah. And it's been a great opportunity. I, I teach writing as do you, but I teach writing way more than I practice writing. And I've always Mm -hmm. known that this is something I need to self-correct that I need yeah. to get back in there and do more writing for myself, but I haven't found the reason
1: mm-hmm.
0: in Tell the way me. that I have with this.
1: So why what do you think it is about? Do you think that it's part and, and you know we're gonna get more concrete in a moment, I you know, as we read pieces of each other's work to each other. Um, and I look forward to that a lot. Um, do you think that it's that that this particular project would you recommend for other writers who fall into the trap like we do, which is we we teach the craft. But it, uh, by the time we're done teaching it, it, I very rarely have time to practice it. Um, and yet over the last, you know, we've been doing this now for a few months, I feel like the intoxication I feel of sitting down and actually writing and the addiction that I feel and the, the rush that I feel and the actual adrenaline dump that I feel when it's over. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't know how to share that with, with my friends without saying, you just have to trust me. You just have to write you know, there's that, um, there's that hashtag that pops up. I'm sure you have the same, the same, roughly the same types of people on your socials as well. The am writing hashtag that occasionally pops up and you're like, now, now I get it. Like, I totally get it. You know, we are, we are friends with some really powerful authors and I get it now when I see the hashtag am writing, I'm like, this is, it's not something that we can just tell people to do. It's, it's powerful when you, when you open up to it. And for me, COVID, the COVID years for me were, um, the reason why I was so interested in in in, in this project with you um, was because the COVID years for me were represented the the darkest period of my life, um, and actually the first piece that I wrote for this um, really uh, pulled back um, some of the some of the skin on that, um, and um, and that was that was important for me. To be able to start to understand why that why this project will matter to me, um, because it isn't just the darkness of COVID, right? I mean, co- the COVID years also we're both very fortunate um, that the COVID years also for us represented some some opportunity as well to be yeah, and off. we get into that yeah. yeah,
0: we get into all the different colors of what yeah. this represents and. Um, And I think that's why, that's what makes it exhilarating to do this writing piece, because we are in a territory, well, we are in a personal territory, but also we're exchanging these narratives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So everything I read from you inspires me to get into a different space or a different moment um, to find another avenue for magic from the last few years that we've experienced.
1: Yeah. 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 And I, I'm, I'm eager. I, you and I were talking off mic last night and I was like the moment when I realized that this, you and I writing together also means that, you know, the COVID years are eventually going to be like a thing that we once did. Um, but part of being someone who's attuned as we are to, you know, as feelers, we are feelers um deep deep feelers is recognizing that the trauma itself um around us will just sadly will just change brand names and we will always be looking these are the these are the covid year essays and who knows what will come next but there will be another and and the the topic of grace will um and love will always will always will always have value um I, I'm, I'm thrilled about this as sort of my, the next step of, of my journey as a writer. And I've never thought of myself as a writer before, despite the fact that I do it for a living. Right. Uh, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. To claim that space is is mm-hmm. really... And I would just put it out there. Anyone who's listening, I would, we would... Do you want to... Right through this with us, like let's let's do this. Let's go. Let's. There's this is this project doesn't belong to just you and I, Maeve. This belongs to like the, this, the fabric of who we are as as a people. Um, can I? Can we read each other some stuff now? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's, let's do, do that. It. As a um as a bit of a, a a caveat, where we are in our journey with this project right now is I think we probably only have I can't say only. That's a lot. We have probably fifteen ish uh, essays written. Yeah. And that is that is a lot. It is a lot. It's a it lot. Is.
0: It's and a lot. over the course of a little bit more than a month. I know.
1: Is that really all it is? I think oh, so. God. I don't know. I don't know when we wrote our first piece.
0: Uh, it wasn't as soon as we got back from Tampa.
1: It wasn't. It's uh, you and I. Again, we've set it off, Mike. But we have lived a hundred years since then, and it is. Yeah it is a lot. Yes. Um, so going, so going into this space is fun and going back and, and, and seeing the development, um, of, of who and what we are. And I also love about this, that we're writing response pieces to each other. Um, and I think that that's also, uh, powerful. I think there is so much to be said for having someone who you can write and with whom you can write, um, and also respond to their writing. You and I have both suggested topics to each other and that, um, I don't know, that's what I'm going to read to you from, the piece that I suggested. I figured I owed it to you to actually read you a piece from it.
0: We'll start, go ahead and start with how I titled it in the drive.
1: <laughs> okay, I will. I will. This is, um, this. these are, who knows, by the time this gets to print, these might be different titles. They very likely will be. But as of right now, the, uh, the, the running title for this chapter is called The Yoga Piece Kyle Requested. And um, I don't want to uh, spoil it, but it's about yoga and I requested it. And so, and so, it wasn't something
0: I was going to write about, but
1: <laughs> I you, knew there you are. Mm, here, here, here I am. Here
0: you are.
1: Um, I do want to also say these are just going to be excerpts. Um, we want to make sure that we want we want to encourage you to interact with this writing as well um, as it as it comes available to you. Um, and heck, even if you hear this before it's out, like just request it. We'll we'd love to share it with you. Um, I want to I want to read uh, a section to you um, that I find. Particularly, I don't know. I, I was really proud of this piece, this, this, this paragraph. Um, and I'll tell you why. Your ability to open yourself um, in writing, for me to watch it happen has been particularly gratifying. You are a person who writes incredibly beautiful prose um, and really nice verse, um, but you do it in a way that can sometimes... Um, leave, leave you out of it. And I think that's really, it's a skill. And it's a skill that I, I envy because I, as you know, you know me really well. I, um, I can unzip my chest and just hand you my heart. And I do that a lot, like probably more than one should. Um, And, uh, and so this piece, I felt like in this moment um, in the yoga piece, Kaya requested, which if you're following along at your house, Maeve, Um, is, I guess it would be the bottom of page three. Um, Okay, it, in in this part right here, you're talking about, um, well, you know what, I'm not gonna couch it, I'm just gonna read it to you. This whole paragraph, the slow nature of yoga is mostly noted in the pace of the practice and breathing, but spending more time on the mat also brought slow gains in strength and flexibility. As a runner, I spent time in physical therapy for muscle damage following two pregnancies, injured tendons from road stress and general poor posture. However, it was yoga that made the greater difference in my healing and rebuilding. I found many of the same moves prescribed in therapy in the workouts and slowly noticed strength in areas of my body that I had never addressed. The repetitive, rhythmic nature of yoga workouts provides plenty of signposts for development. It took months of forward folds for me to be able to wrap my arms around my legs and press my forehead to my knees. Now I give myself this hug in most workouts. My arms have always looked undefined in pictures. I don't have the body chemistry for naturally building muscle, yet when I'm constantly working out, I can see the gradual curves where I'm building strength and I can feel it on my mat as I'm able to seamlessly pull myself into different postures, flowing out of the structure I have built within myself." Oh Maeve, if you were not in Kansas, I'm a hugger. I'm coming in for an embrace right now i and i even I'm not going to read you my my comments there because you can read them as sort of personal, but i um, I love this paragraph. Um, it I already see you, and I really feel like I see you in this writing. Um, so thank you for sharing that.
0: Thank you. thanks for reading it to me.
1: Mm. As I read this to you, um, first of all, the experience of having someone else read your writing to you has to be, I'm about to experience it myself and I'm a little tripped out. Um, But uh, uh, what, can you take me into that passage a bit? It is interesting to
0: hear you read this piece for me because this is one that I was trying to make really sensory, um, both sensory and also personal at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so I focused in a lot on writing this piece, but I wanted readers to feel that gradual progress and feel what that ends up looking like. And so that's why I started with the idea of physical therapy because if you've you've ever been through physical therapy, you know how grueling it is to have somebody uh, point to a weakness in your body and say, and now with that weakness, you're going to do this hours worth of workouts every day just to focus in on that one thing that you need, you need in order to function properly. And so I wanted to provide that variety of experience and and where that came from, just to kind of hone in on the ways that in the past I felt really broken Mm -hmm. physically, and then show how that was possible to rebuild intentionally and in a way that I wanted to also. Um, I never loved physical therapy. I, I don't know if there are people who do. It's, it's a necessity. I think it's a it's a part of our medical system that we really need to dig into and allow more people access to, but it's hard. It is hard work and it's unpleasant. But When I started to see the practical application of that worked into something that I loved and enjoyed, I understood how over time I could take care of my body and take care of myself and become a stronger and more confident person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think all of those decisions, I, I, gosh, I love hearing about your process. I see your process sometimes in real time, but I love hearing you talk about those decisions, the decisions Mm -hmm. that you're making and including those. And I think that came really through, like the sensory piece in this writing was really elevated. Um, I felt it. I, I really, I, I felt all of it. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to write about yoga a bit. I mean, I, you and I, like you said, we've known each other for seven years and I've known you through, you know, many, um, many, many, seasons of your life and, um, and seeing the way, um, even the way that you, that yoga is useful to you when we spend our, you know, nine days together a year. So before, before we move on to, uh, to, to you, um, Reading to me, and I'm really excited about this because I've never actually heard my stuff read by someone not me. Um, it's an experience I'm really looking forward to, uh, in a weird sort of way. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, about the topic of grace in uh, in 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 that piece that I just read.
0: Right. So that's interesting because we agreed to pick something from each other's writing to bring up this conversation. Right. So this is really unprompted, I don't know that that would have been a piece that I would have chosen, right, Mm -hmm. and, but it does come back to that way that we learn to see self-care, right, that anything that we're going to practice for others, we have to practice for ourselves, and so by giving back to myself time and space and energy, I was, loving my body through its weakest parts, right? Mm-hmm. And I was finding ways to believe that I am worth more than what I'm capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And and really that's that's what grace is in a lot of ways, is finding not just what we deserve in our weakness, but finding more than we deserve. And, and giving that back to ourselves so that we can practice giving that back to others as well.
1: Yeah, that's specifically uh, not to step on your explanation of your own writing. That's specifically why I chose that piece. Um, I saw the the juxtaposition of the way your relationship with running, which you also get into um, in that piece, uh, which resonates with me a bit. Um, but this is not about me. Um, but a, it, and the way that you juxtapose that with uh, with your own, evolution with yoga practice um yeah it's neat to hear you talk about it in an explicit way
0: yeah thank you
1: yeah thank you um all right is it my turn on the firing line
0: right okay so i'm actually going to throw you for a little bit of a loop here because i told you i was going to be pulling from your piece on baseball okay Uh, and i am in a moment, but I, before we started recording, I was looking at my favorite book by Joan Didion, The Year of Magical Thinking. Mm -hmm. And I I was thinking about just sharing some of that with you, but I looked at how she started it. And she started her entire book with the first words that she wrote on the experiences that that she was then gonna write about. the, The Year of Magical Thinking is about her unpacking everything that happened following the death of her husband. And so she went back to her documents and and opened up those very first words that she used for her writing project. And so I went into your first piece and the first words that you used in your first piece were words that I passed to you. And I love that. And um, you start your first piece, The Unseeing, with a description of grace that we share and what i wrote i wrote this first line it is impossible to unsee once it comes into focus and then you go on to say that's what she wrote an exquisite and thoughtful wrap on an explanation of faith and grace and quite frankly the most anybody had ever cared to share with me about these topics and so can you tell me how those three lines of your writing provide an inroad to some of your experiences and thinking in this project.
1: With or without tears, you can order either. Um, you, I, you know
0: that it's, it, the order's gonna come out however it's gonna come out. Yeah, And I'm probably not gonna send it back to the kitchen.
1: Um, uh, the last three years for me have challenged everything that I've fundamentally known about what I'm worth. Um, I grew up in a space that was loving and offered grace without naming it. And I am a parent and a partner who offers grace and love without naming it, because I've never known that it was something that, I mean, love is something, you know, we start with love, right? But love doesn't necessarily imply grace. There are lots of ways to give love that don't include grace. And you know a lot about the places that I've been and the darkness that I've seen, stuff that's not even in that piece. People will know a lot about the darkness just by reading it. You know more than that. And when you were explaining to me because I hopped onto this topic knowing that I could knowing that I could triangulate it because I am a person who believes that I just, you know, my life of service is one that extends grace to many people and many things and not often me, but you know, as long as there are enough people around me to like reflect some of it back, I'll, I'll be fine. Um, but that's something I'm trying to get better at. And so, when you wrote that to me, it was a real, um, it was a real record scratch moment for me. I had truly felt, and this is not a any shade at anyone in my life. Nobody had ever, in my estimation, cared enough to slow the train down for me and let me on until you did that. And um, I was perfectly content. Moving into this new phase of my understanding of the world around me, just sort of being able to—it's this this new thing that I'm trying to get at. It's I'm practicing, you know, self-care and yeah, yeah, just prioritizing myself a little more. Writing a few things. Writing a few things. wants me to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in honesty, I mean, you know, there's also a way that we hang out too, right? I mean, like yeah, you and I do a lot of really intense hanging out through this work. And I, right. I love that. That's part of the grace that I'm giving myself now. Um, this increased friendship through this very intense topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you let me on the train, that for me, I mean, I sat down and I wrote before I even knew where that piece was going. I knew that that was going to be, it's interesting that you're bringing up Diddy and, and, and that, um, that that's where I started with. And I knew that this was, because I was starting to understand why I was here. I knew how I got here. It wasn't always pretty, um, especially these last few years and um, for any of us. But also like, I knew that I needed, someone needed to slow the train down and reach their hand out. And no one had ever done that before. And so um, that moment, Maeve will always stick out to me as maybe the greatest explicit grace that anyone has ever shown me. And uh, so, thank you for that.
0: Well, thank you. Um, So, I wanted to then go into your baseball piece just to see a little bit of your practical application of this, because as I mentioned, this is something that I've always seen very strongly as a characteristic of who you are and how you offer yourselves to others. And so, you know, Kyle is this person who you take to a restaurant and he knows the server's name um, and and calls the server by name throughout the entire meal. And um, it it really anything like that, right? Like um, you are, you're a person who attracts people and brings people into your sphere. And so uh, somehow I managed to be one of those people and I'm, I'm really grateful for that. But um, that is something that I definitely see in this piece that you wrote about baseball. And so I'm going to uh, work through the first the first illustration that you give of Grace in this piece. Um, you had a, so you coach a youth team in your area that the right description for this group will allow it. Youth baseball team. Yes. And uh, with the age, this is going to be uh, player pitch.
1: Yes, this is the first. so you join us in, in this essay in the very first player pitch season that any of these students, kids had ever seen.
0: That's great. Okay. So you have at the beginning of this piece, a particularly difficult day of baseball play and <laughs> a young man who is being rascally uh, and just kind of giving you the runaround. And, uh, and I, I won't use the player's name because that might change between now and publication, but uh, this 10 year old kid uh, comes up to you and uh, wants validation that someday he's gonna be a great coach like you. Um, Cause he looks up to you and he loves you. And, uh, and he really, really wants to know that he can be like you someday. And, um, and so you validate that um you'd be great I said turning my whole body to to see him beside me and there he stood with his glove finally on his hand and his hat turned inside out sitting atop his dark black curls as a peace offering he was flashing the sweetest smile he meant it the whole thing so did I tell me a little bit about um these moments that you have in coaching and why why this piece started with one of those. Yeah, that's really,
1: gosh, it is powerful hearing someone that you respect so deeply reading your words, isn't it? It's really neat. I love it. (laughs) It's really like, again, people, oh gosh, people are going to hear me cry so much. Um, Baseball as a topic is really fraught for me. Um, I try not to write about it as much as I can. I try to write about it as little as I can because baseball is so steeped, especially in American memoir and literature um, and lore. It's so, it's so played out. Um, And it very often uh, lends itself as a proxy to I even mentioned this in the piece to like relationships with the father or the passage of time or latently racist shit that like, we don't necessarily want to lean into because baseball is, you know, this, this sort of white heteronormative culture that can be problematic. And so I attempted, so I coach with the same, um, the same remarkable, um, co-coach a, a, a woman who uh, she and I have very similar approaches. I coach all the sports, um, baseball, soccer, basketball throughout the year. But there was something about the way that baseball was purposeful in my choice here because of the way that baseball inherently gives time for forgiveness and grace that no other sport does. Right. Um, yeah, the 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 rest the potential energy of baseball is for some people, why it's inaccessible, um, why it's insufferable, um, because it's a game full of potential energy. Um, the It's the only game where the defense is holding the ball. Um, and with that as my cornerstone and realizing that um, it's also a safe place because of the lack of a- action. It's hard to hide someone like this player on a basketball court. Right. It's hard to grant them forgiveness on a soccer field. But baseball specifically, and for me, as a coach, someone who makes poor decisions all the time um, with the kids in my charge. Um, you know, not significantly poor decisions, but, um, but you know when you've got 15 kids, um, and you're the one of two adults for the next two hours, it's easy to not show grace when when the kid takes his glove off and sits down and refuses to stand up again, um, which was a staple of our team, um, and uh, and so for me this this moment was emblematic for especially for this player a player who has um, many challenges much bigger than baseball and will have those challenges for the rest of his life. Um, it, that moment for me, and also the decision to turn my whole body to him, it's a, an image that I will never forget, um, to turn my whole body to him and offer my time to him was something that I couldn't have done in any other athletic forum. Um, and sports for so many kids are a place where, it's one of the few places where they are at the center of the universe for an adult for a moment. Um, and, uh, and I am, it's, I don't, here's a, between you and me, no one's listening. I don't necessarily like coaching, but I love being there with the kids. I I love it. I absolutely love it, and I'll do it until they don't want me to anymore. Because if I can be, if I can be the person who turns my whole body to every kid for the next four years, then um, maybe they will do the same for someone eventually. It's why I cook hot breakfast every morning. Cause like I don't I don't freaking love cooking hot breakfast every morning for my family, but like I'm hopeful that my two sons. Won't know any different. and and that that's the grace that they will just they will just assume as truth when it's their turn. Right. And I, I think I think baseball allows that sort of oxygen.
0: Did that so answer the question? Yeah, okay. absolutely. I see in that the way that you offer grace to this young man and probably other members of the team on a pretty regular basis, but I also see in that the way that you're offering grace to younger Kyle and giving um, younger Kyle a chance to believe that you, uh, you deserve the space that you've entered and that you're worthy of the trust of these boys. That's the very meaningful.
1: It's a, it's, uh, that's big, thank you. I'm yeah. not gonna respond to that except to say thank you. I, um, yeah, as, yeah, baseball is not a forgiving place for a lot of people. Um, and sports are not youth sports are not, especially in 2022.
0: Ooh, good sport. segue. Good yeah. segue to the other passage that I highlighted, right? Oh, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I, I highlighted another passage in the same. Oh, uh, cool. uh, yeah. So you talk about um, the grace that you offer to your players, but um, hoping that they will extend that to opponents. And so um, I'm going to read a couple paragraphs when we get into that. Okay. Yeah. So sure. There are other teams in our divisions that come out hot with fancy equipment bags, nice bats, and immaculate eye black. Those teams kick our asses and seem to really enjoy it. They're good kids, too, worthy of the same grace that we offer all our opponents. Because you're definitely going to kick our teeth in, but everybody at the field will learn a lot about everyone involved when we see how you act when you're up 15-0 to zero in the third inning, and you will definitely be up big by then. So... I'm not a huge sports person. I am a I am a big baseball fan, but I'm a big fan of professional baseball. I was not raised in sports. I have not um, my children have gotten into some athletic activities, but I haven't been an avid sports parent um, because their interest hasn't pushed me there yet. And so I would love for you to share with me a little bit about this idea of, sharing grace with the opposing team, because I haven't seen somebody write it into being in the way that you did.
1: Um, Thank you. It's interesting. Um, This is something that I have, I still have parents from across our town, a town of about 18,000, and people whose children have played for us for um, a number, for a couple of years, and then just chose, decided that sports weren't for them, and that's lovely. Mm -hmm. And when I see them, they still tell me things like, they will say um, when things aren't going well, or when like they're at the playground and there is a conflict, they will say things like, what would coach Kyle say? And because uh, because of that exact insistence of uh, that, that I've always had of grace. Um, and so uh, I think it's tremendously important for these young and developing minds to see their coaches um, spend just as much time with the opposing team, especially if we don't know who they are when they show up at our fields. Um, but this is part of the grace that I'm extending to these kids I want them to see and I want them to experience what it's like to not show up looking to exu- looking to exert some sort of dominance because um, so much of the sports culture is about that I am physically better than you and it is. Here, here is the number by which I am better than you, Mm -hmm. Um, and that is if that was the if if that was the case, I wouldn't be coaching. That's literally why I'm I'm the guy who coaches because I like participation trophies. I my favorite time of year is when I hand them baseball cards with their uniform and when I give them their participation trophies at the end. Because for my money, that's the great. That's why you're here, Um, and, and 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 so you know, the, 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 the displaying of grace, the, um, the act of inclusion. In many ways in the sports space, um, it's, it can be powerful to have, and look, by no means am I an important sort of figure in this community, but you know, I, I'm, I'm a volunteer. I'm out, people know. And so to see a guy who looks like me, who's in sports media, who talks like me, um, who is also like the kindest guy at the field, um, And I, that's like a purposeful decision. Yeah, You know, you don't like, it's, there are days, the 95 degree summer days. I don't necessarily want to show up with a big smile and go hug the other team. I don't want to hug anyone. Get away from me. It's hot. But like that, that the, the active decision to show up and be kind, um, that, that's something, and, and especially especially when we are losing 26 to three on the reg, like that is, that is hard. It's harder than winning. Um, and, uh, and so I, I'm so proud of, of those kids knowing that, you know, if, if eight of the 16 of them recognize that that's, what ha- that's, that, that, that that's how we do things, then I think the, the world, our town, this little group of kids will um, be in a better position than I was when I was 10.
0: So one thing you said there, I'm gonna pick at for just a moment. Yeah, pick. And This is a way that a friend and I practice grace with each other or um, encourage each other to practice grace for ourselves. And you said, I'm not an important person within my community. Would you ever say that to any other person in your community who is in your position, Mm, taking a position
1: like you do? See what you're doing.
0: I know. know Doing it on purpose.
1: No, I. You know, you again. You you know me. Um, there's probably (laughs) you know me as well as anyone on this planet. And the um. I fall so deeply into self-deprecation. Um that it is a defense mechanism, as you know. Um, And I um, will often lean away, um, as you, I mean, every time you've ever complimented me, I say you're kind, And ever, um, no matter what I'm doing. And I do the same thing with everyone. And sometimes when I say it, oftentimes when I say it, I automatically am disappointed in myself. And this is a manifestation of that. I'm like getting out ahead of the ball to use a sports metaphor. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes to all of that.
0: I want you to know that you are worthy of that kindness. And that is an act of grace for yourself. I want you to remind yourself when you are using those words that the kindness that people um, extend you is something that you don't have to earn or deserve. You are just worthy of the kindness that people have for you. Thank you. Yeah, anytime.
1: I'll sit with that for a minute.
0: Okay. So it is, it is. It's a lot of unlearning Mm -hmm. to get Mm -hmm. to that point where... um,
1: How did you get there?
0: Am I there? I don't know. I I think if you're putting me on the spot, I don't know that I, I think it has a lot to do with who is offering me kindness, right? Um, I can be as part of my personality, deeply distrusting of the way that people offer kindness. Mm -hmm. And so I have to unlearn the practice of questioning where that kindness is coming from. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, um, And then believing that if uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter um, if it is coming from a place that is genuine, um, that maybe the way that it speaks to me is the thing that matters more and maybe the way that I can offer it back or um, even receiving it if I don't trust it completely may work to build a relationship and build trust over time.
1: Mm -hmm. Is that something in your, in your life that you found that, that, um, that the willingness to trust, uh, that it's possible to divorce the kindness offerer with the kindness offered. Like, is, is there, is it possible for someone to never be able to, well, that person will never get the automatic pass into, they are doing this out of benevolence. But some things that they say, you're like, I will accept that.
0: Yeah, I think it is. I think that that's the unlearning is mm. being able to allow a moment of kindness to speak for itself Yeah. and and to to see where it goes. Sure, sure. It's very that's, vague, but maybe- No, it's not. I need to look at more carefully.
1: But I, but I think that that's sort of like the- one of the um the kernels of what we're trying to get at here i mean like we'll we're never gonna be that's the thing with grace and love like i can't hold it i can't be like you know what this is i've got this grace right here like Mm -hmm. look at all of its graceness like it's grace because it's not envy it's no it doesn't work like that it's grace because it's not um malevolence it's grace. no it doesn't work that way we can't Mm -hmm. touch it and so i think that's why um these, this exercise that we're, this this journey that we're on together is, is, is uniquely designed to help us sort of try to find grace in all of the places because you can't distill it. You cannot distill grace.
0: Right. But you need it. Yeah. a A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Okay. So you had an idea for how to wrap our segments. Yeah. And, um, I, I do want to ask a question. I think this is this fits in with your idea. Yeah, um let's go. what are you writing about now or what are you writing about next?
1: Ooh, that is big. Uh I am so uh last night I had uh, for the first time in a bazillion years I had uh, a small group of some of my closest people around um at my table around my table and um and seeing them and experiencing them all together. Summer is a difficult time. Um I think people who see what we do at, in education. Just think that there, you know, the, the boundless summer the endless summer is easy because exactly. We're just eating bonbons on the couch and it is, it's nonstop fun. Um, the, and also
0: nonstop sleep.
1: Nuts. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's right. all I do. All we, we do is have fun and sleep, have fun and sleep. It's all that's I do. we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's clearly you. I mean, I had you should have seen the rest I got last night. It was Ooh. I was out, yeah, minutes of rest. Um yes. the uh the um but the truth is um we don't see our people. Um right. and we are as active parents, um, we are oftentimes on an island and it can be incredibly lonesome and it can be challenging in ways that sometimes we don't want to admit. And so I'm going to write a piece next about my evening last night with my people um, and the way that seeing them, while it didn't erase some of the loneliness that we all experience, um, can, help, can help to remind us that our islands um, are not forever forever. Um, it doesn't eliminate the island. The island is still very, very real. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as I sit here in an empty house, I have an empty house now for like six days and I've got all this writing I want to do and all this, but I'm going to be lonely. I'm going to be lonely. Um, very, very lonely, lonesome, lonely. It's going to be weird and quiet. And yet I will be powered by the um, energy of the people who are on my island with me. And, uh, and you know, last night was a good reminder of that. And exactly. so was this. And so was this. I
0: love yes.
1: that. Yeah. 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 How can I, can I throw it back at you? What are you? Yeah. Yeah, what oh, are you? yeah.
0: I brought this one up a while ago. Um, I, when COVID when the COVID spring started, when the stay at home orders started, yeah. I had just received orders from a new doctor that I needed to, um, practice some dietary restrictions to take care of some internal problems I've been having. And I'm speaking about this in very vague terms, because that's what I want to do in this essay. And I want to try to be a little funny with it. And I want to start it off with this this idea that if you want to shut down a conversation, uh, which we're about to have to do, right? Like I'm shutting down this conversation with this part of the talk that all you need to do is bring up GI issues. And people automatically (laughs) just go (laughs) into this <laughs> how do I get out of this talk? Because it's about to get ugly. And uh and so I want to be able to write about that with enough candor to be funny. And so I'm challenging myself with that. I think I'm gonna to listen to Ginny Lawson in the car today a little bit just to kind of see how she writes comically and maybe Tignitaro, um, just to see how they use comedy in uh dark situations and try to emulate a little bit of that on my own. Um You know, I I just want to have some fun with it because it's not fun. Um, But I I think that I can maybe make some connections in writing um, that I can't in conversation.
1: You are an absolute maestro with drawing those, those through lines that I, and you are also so funny. That's the thing with your writing. It is so funny. It's so alive. And I cannot wait, I'm excited about this. I'm not excited about your GI issues, but I'm grateful that you're sharing them. (laughs) <laughs> next time, make sure you leave next time you're at the table with friends uh really just give give them the full the full monty the full mm, mm, delicious t- tastes like awkward <laughs> it does it really does Maeve you are one of my favorite people on the planet I will scream it from the rooftops and I am so grateful that you spent this last hour with me
0: Thank you. Thank you for this uh, amazing remote friendship that yeah. is in a lot of ways providing um, a space for me to be myself.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, I'm here for all, I'm here for all of the Maveness. Did we um, answer your closing segment? Well, we did just fine. We'll do it next time. We got, we have time, Mave. We have time. We have time. time. For Maeve and Kyle, you have you have wasted an hour with uh, writing our way out with Maeve and Kyle, and we hope you'll do it again. We'll talk to you next time.
0: Thank you.